You're now listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. Straight from the streets of Tokyo. And we ain't talking no sushi temples and shrines and shit, motherfuckers. All right, we're back. Another episode. It's the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast. From the streets of Tokyo, Cliff. Chocolate Buddha in the house. And we have two special guests today. Two beautiful ladies. Black ladies. One go by, goes by the name of Aphrodite and the other one, Janique Nicole. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to say one thing. This is the first time we've ever had four black people in this van. Just to <laughs> let y'all know. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Yes, that is the first time. It's the first time. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of this uh, episode. And um, Janique, give us a short introduction of who you are. Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Janique Nicole, and I am a uh, singer-songwriter here in Tokyo, Japan. And I've been here for about six years. I just released a single called Black Girl Magic. And uh, that's available on all online music stores and streaming services. And I'll be releasing the music video for that tomorrow as well. All right, Miss Aphrodite. Yeah, I'm Aphrodite, and I'm also a singer-songwriter. I just uh, released a single through Funtime Productions called uh, I'm an Alien. And uh, you guys can all check it out on all platforms, Spotify, iTunes. If you see it, click it, buy it. Thank you. And I clicked it, and I bought it, and I've been playing it. It's Both singles are dope. I'm loving what these ladies are doing. And yeah, so let's move on. So, yeah, I feel like it's a small world, right? And even smaller in Tokyo. I feel like we all we all know we have mutual friends, right? right. You know, we see each other on Facebook and we connect with each other. And like, oh, sh- we got 12 mutual friends. So I, I believe, well, I know we talked before. Ayana, you're cool with Ayana. Shout out to Ayana. Yeah. Uh, does the Curly and Kansai podcast out of Osaka. And is also the founder of Black Creatives Japan Facebook group. Yeah, and then Miss Aphrodite, I've heard you on the Mega Late Show several times. Shout out to Mega and Late, the homies. We're gonna have them on hopefully soon. And uh, so let's talk about these singles that you got. First, uh, Janique, what was the inspiration uh, behind your song Black? Girl magic. So watch me stretch a curl and bounce back like elastic. How you do that? I call it black girl magic. Watch me ate so gracefully that you think that is plastic. How you do that? I call it black girl magic. You see the smell and it popping like beauty jar dropping. You just gonna have to stay salty because I'm gonna be unapologetically me. actually kind of a long story um initially it was a uh, what do you call it uh it was like a challenge so there was this uh challenge going on like uh where everybody was freestyling to so gone by uh, monica do you remember that yeah that was like maybe two years ago and so when i did mine um that's kind of what i came up with 
like the I first came up with like the watch me stretch a curl and bounce back like elastic how you like just just the chorus part pretty much and then uh and then the rap too so it was just those two parts you were spitting <laughs> thank you yeah. and it's funny because you, you know hard. the person who challenged me um they were like yeah like I really believe you can do this and I'm like I don't rap like I'm not a rapper I can't do this and uh they were like no like just you know see what you come up with and yeah I, was like, All I, think, right. I think I hit yeah. you up yesterday and I was like are those your bars? Did you write that? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, I shocked myself even, like, cause I'm I don't consider myself a rapper in any way. So, you know, I was like, oh, I, I think this is this is pretty dope. I was like, I wonder what you know everybody else is gonna think. So, I sent it to my homeboy uh, Tyke T. He's the one who challenged me. Uh, he's actually a really dope artist and uh, based in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. But you know, he's gaining a lot of like uh, attention elsewhere too. He's had his song on a lot of shows anyway shout out to him so anyway uh pretty much i sent it to him he was like yo this is dope like yeah so i posted it and uh it, it got quite a few views on facebook and uh and instagram and uh, a lot of people were like you should make this into a song so i was like hmm okay and it took me a while to like like you know kind of finish it up and uh record it and, and get it released but yeah that's pretty much the story dope dope and miss aphrodite um i'm an alien what's that about Oh, I'm an alien. Well, <clears throat> well, it's it's interesting because I have to bring into uh, I have to say that I didn't really consider myself a singer for a long time. Like even Janique and I, we were in a group together called yes. Boundless Charisma with with Imani. Yeah, <laughs> Boundless Charisma, and it was with Imani, and we were all singing together. And that was the first time that I ever like really sang in front of people as a not at church, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, and, shout out um, to uh, Imani. I, I met her. Yeah, shout out to Imani. Met her before. And um, yeah, and so like I don't know, like I didn't get involved into music as much because I didn't necessarily know if that's what I wanted to do. I was in a really weird place in my life, and I was just like, I like doing it, but it just didn't. I didn't speak to me as much as it does now, and so. Um, through Daisha, I don't know if you know Daisha. I know Daisha. Yeah. Shout out Daisha. Everybody know Daisha. <laughs> um, she uh, introduced me to Vic and John over at Funtime Productions, and um, and so we just started collaborating. They said, "Hey, why don't you come by the studio and we're gonna record this song?" And they already had some stuff going on. And I was like, "Okay, can you come up with some lyrics for it?" And so I just started listening to it, you know, and uh, and I came up with the lyrics. Um, basically like that and uh, it was a collaborative effort but it was definitely the first time I've ever worked with any real professionals in the industry in terms of like um, in sort of uh, in terms of production or producers so it was really really um, motivating because I thought oh wait this is for real like people actually like what I do okay looks like this is something I should really do and it was it gave a lot of confidence to me to continue to move forward and and to keep going with music because I didn't think I was all that great I mean you know what it's like right Janique like if you go to church it's like everybody can fucking sing you know <laughs> everybody can sing well at least at my church that's how it was I don't know how it was for you and it was like 
to me, like being able to sing to me wasn't that big of a deal in my family or in my circle because everybody could do it. So, you know, I just didn't put that much weight on it until recently. That makes sense. Sorry, that was a really long. No, answer. no, that's good. that was good. That was good. That was good. And so, back to Janique, the, the video, right? That was shot in Tokyo. It was. It was shot at a uh, Yoyogi Park. Yoyogi. Yeah. yeah every, everybody who lives here knows Yoyogi. But yeah, who, who shot that video? Um, Sunny B. Shout out to Sunny, Sunny B. B. Do I know Sunny B? Um, he is a like photographer and videographer. He also raps and stuff too. He's pretty well connected, and I want to say he DJs too. And he's here, right? He's here. Yeah, he's, he's here. He's in the Black Creative. He should be. Uh, if he's not, we should invite him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's dope. He's uh, he's actually been helping me out a lot. He um, shot uh, some video and uh, took some for took some photos uh, at my last show as well. So yeah. Dope, 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 dope. Yeah. So um, let's get into how the hell two black women get here to Tokyo <laughs> to Japan. Um, my situation is really complicated because um, initially I first got here when I was about three years old. And my history with Japan actually goes back to my parents, um, both coming here like in 1980, 81, something like that. My dad came, uh, he was in the Air Force, and that, I think this was his first assignment, I want to say. I might be lying, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then uh, my mom also came here with her then husband and my uh, oldest sister. And I guess like once things were kind of going sour for my mom and her ex-husband, they ended up breaking up and divorcing and then that's when she met my dad and they fell in love and the rest is history and so I guess like Japan has always been really special to them and so they were always even when they left they they kept coming back and my brother was born here I was actually born in Texas and um, at a air base called a uh, Laughlin I believe Laughlin Air Force Base and when I was three we came back here and so that was like you know my my introduction to it and then I stayed here until I was about eight years old and that's when my dad retired from the military. We left and uh, moved to Tennessee briefly. And then we came back a year later. <laughs> so it's like I kept like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between uh, mostly Tennessee, which is my mom's um, state, Nashville, her hometown, and, uh, and here. And so when I was about 12, sorry, <laughs> when I was 12, I came back. And um, then I left again like, like three or four years later. Wait, no, I, sorry. <laughs> so basically, basically, Japan is home. <laughs> Japan, well, I think it's half and half because like, like I Second spent, home? I think I spent half of my life here, literally half, and then half of my life also in, in the States. Because I li literally, I kept going back and forth between here and in Nashville, Tennessee. So I say, I tell people I'm from Nashville, but yeah. So that would make you... Half Japanese in a different way. Not at all, because <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because most of my time here was spent on the base. I didn't live off base until I came back here when I was 23 years old, six years ago. So What I think is dope is that, you know, your parents, your father and your mother met each other here. They did. They did. Fell in love here. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's so crazy, you know, because most people expect like, okay, if you're a foreigner and you come to Japan, you're going to end up with a Japanese person. That's just the expectation. Yeah. Yep. That is. That is. Um, well, in my 37 years here, I've seen I've seen people meet, you know, as Americans meet in Japan. They meet the love of their life. So to me, it's just a universal thing. But yeah. Yeah. So um, as far as as far as what what are the what are the challenges for you as far as 
your art, you know, doing the business, the music business, all that over here in uh, Tokyo? Is it a little different than in the States or whatnot? Honestly, like, I don't really know much about the business in the States because I I made my start here. Um, but I would definitely say being a foreigner and trying to do music here is really hard because the Japanese music scene is so closed off from the world. You know, like, they have their own little thing, you know, their own genre and their own way of doing things, their idol culture and everything. And there's kind of no room for black people, I feel like. So if I wanted to actually be like a pop artist or something here, unless I sing in Japanese, I'm probably not really going to blow up or anything. So my goal more so is to kind of blow up internationally or like kind of resonate more with like American people or just, you know, just international people in general, because I feel like Japanese people might not be as willing to accept me. Although I do have Japanese fans as well, and I appreciate them. Now, your father is a musician. Yeah, actually, he and my mother are both. Oh, both are musicians, and they perform in Tokyo, right, or in Japan, they do. around Japan. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah, that's dope, man. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. So, uh, like, now that I'm learning about this, like, they fell in love mm-hmm. in Tokyo. They're both musicians. Had you. You're a musician. That's that's like really dope. And and the backdrop is Tokyo. It's Japan. You know, it's not like. Uh, Atlanta or New York or L.A. Yeah, they, I think uh, they started their first band here. Yeah, because, you know, my dad was in the military, and I think I don't, I'm not really sure exactly what my mom was doing um, job-wise, but, you know, they started making bands and, and, you know, playing all over, probably all over the base starting off, and then maybe they started to branch out and gain more notoriety. They just, they just love Japan that, that they much love that they want to stay here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that this is, you know, this is it for them. Wow. Of course, they do go home to visit often. You know, they, you know, see their families and their parents and stuff. But, but yeah, this is it. This is it for them. How about for you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, because I know I want to further my music career, I feel like this is a good start for me. But as far as, like, just staying here forever, I don't think, I don't think I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Totally yeah. get it. All right. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Miss Aphrodite, what's, what's, what's your story? How did you get here? Oh, on, on a spaceship? I did. Miss, with I did I'm come on a spaceship. They <laughs> call it an airplane. And, uh, <laughs> it gets very close to space. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. No, um, I came here initially uh, because I was, I wanted to come to Japan to learn Japanese and I wanted to uh, explore Japan. It was the first country I'd ever lived in outside of the U.S., and um, and I visited as a student, like in 2010, uh, in Nagoya, Chukyo Daigaku. Shout out to Chukyo. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Nagoya, right? Nagoya. Yeah, I was in Nagoya being reckless and ridiculous. You got to hear more details about, about that. About recklessness? Yeah, being reckless in Nagoya. Oh, no. It was nothing but drinking and okay. acting out and... Being like not studying anything. I don't know how I passed any classes. <laughs> I think they just gave me a pass because I showed up. <laughs> I, it was, I mean, I was a, very much a diva. I had the sunglasses on, like, oh my God, I'm so hungover. <laughs> now, how was how Nagoya compared to Tokyo? Nagoya was, Nagoya was okay. It was my first home, so I really, I really uh, enjoyed it there. But it's not a place that you want to live for a long time. I think um, it was a good transition, though, from uh, being in this kind of countryish area to a more city-like 
space. So I moved to Tokyo. Eventually, I was uh, dating someone at the time. Him and I were going through some things, and eventually we broke up, and I decided not to leave. So I was trying to find my footing for quite some time here, and I was hopping from job to job doing ESL teaching, and right now I'm a kindergarten teacher as well. And I really enjoy it, but at the same time, I find myself now with music be becoming a bigger part of my life um, at this very weird place. Because as much as I enjoy teaching children, um, I really enjoy doing music as well. And those two worlds are starting to clash and uh, causing some waves in terms of um, me having to, to readjust my life in some way you know like you get invited to go to some sort of party or what have you and um it's till one o'clock in the morning and i've got class the next yeah. day like yeah. it's it's really hard to make those decisions now like i have to be extremely focused and well rested and i have to eat and i have to like it's forcing me to take better care of myself so but yeah i came to tokyo because i've always wanted to be here and i just thought it was a wonderful place to live it's like my new york but not new york without all the attitude <laughs> so what inspired your song do you feel like an alien in japan um i'll be honest that i wasn't the originator of that song i have several of my own songs that are uh alluding to me being a little bit out of the box in a way um like i'm an astronaut is on my album yes yeah i like that song um, now that album is, I'm going to be remastering it, um, because it was the very first one I did and I'd like to do better with the production quality. Not to say that it was, uh, not to offend the original producer, it's just I wanted to make, improve it. But, um, yeah, I just, that song is, is a very interesting song because it just speaks to, I think, being a foreigner in Japan, what it feels like and the stresses of everyday life and the fact that everyone seems very stressed and they don't know where they're going or what they're doing. They're just kind of living as these bodies of, it, it feels like I'm in, a, in Terminator or something and surrounded by robots because <laughs> it seems like no one really uh, knows what they want to do here. Uh, as far as uh, culture, they're just living their lives in this sort of perpetual comfort zone. And I think it needs a little bit of a spark to get it going in the right, or in a better direction, I don't know. Well, you are in the land of conformity because these people yeah. do conform. But uh, what what were your, do you find any challenges in the music scene or, or, you know, doing music over here in Japan? Well, because I'm very new to it at the moment, the only challenges are just the timing of things because I find time is a very precious thing to me now, and I don't have a lot of it. And um, there's often times when you have to go to the studio or something at a time that's a bit inconvenient, and I also have something else to do. Um, so at the moment, I don't have any issues with the music scene. It's all very new, very fresh, and very fun. Um, it does make me nervous, though, because I always feel that... Um, it's something scary about being a woman and then there's not to say that anybody's done anything I don't want to make it seem like anybody's done anything but just that kind of in the back of my mind I know that I'm a woman and that most of the people I 
have to work with are going to be male in terms of like producers and managers and these sorts of things and like trying to keep that keep keep from there being any misunderstandings is is a really del there's a really delicate balance to it because oftentimes you know as a woman you get hit on all the time and you're just like mm, I don't really I don't yeah so I'm not saying that anybody has done that but that's just something that I I worry about a bit so have you been hit on by any Japanese men yeah I get hit on by Japanese men sometimes I guess I think I'm quite intimidating I've got all this hair and I'm like if I wear boots I'm really tall maybe I'm scary I don't know <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe I, I think I've heard this before foreign women like to Japanese men they're exotic you know yeah and, and, and vice versa with you know when you see an Asian lady Japanese lady in the States you know it's, you know, it is what it is, but yeah. How about how about your your? Uh, have you been hit on? I have, uh, but it's always in the weirdest way possible. <laughs> just it's never. And, and a, it's by Japanese men, or yeah. okay. And it's never just like, oh, I think you're pretty. You know, it's like uh, it's like either either they go from zero to one hundred like real quick, or it's nothing at all. Like it's just a stare. Like they'll just kind of stare at me forever. But like when they go from zero to one hundred, it's like a hi let's go have sex <laughs> immediately yeah there's a uh there's somebody there's a lady on youtube i think i've heard her say something like that of that nature um morena? yeah morena morena in japan i don't know if you guys oh, ladies yeah, know her i know exactly who you're talking about yeah, shout yeah, out to yeah, morena yeah. we we actually wanted to get her on the podcast it just hasn't happened yet she was supposed to come to tokyo but it, I, I can I, I can see that being weird because it's a it's a huge cultural difference and they don't know how to communicate with foreign women, black women. Well, honestly, I feel like... Um, you, maybe you have something different to... I, sure, it's cultural differences, but then it's also the fact that, like, they just believe everything that they see on TV about yeah. women. Yes. So it's like, instead of just being like, okay, all women are women, so approach them the same way, it's like, oh, well, I see black women in you know, all of these hip-hop music videos shaking their ass and, you know, with their titties out and stuff. So they all must be this way. And so if I say, hey, bitch, what's up? Or, hey, let's go have sex immediately, it's okay. Believe it or not, American men have that same damn vision of Asian women. You, you know oh, what I mean? absolutely. I, yeah, I yeah, absolutely they, agree they're with They're a little that. oriental doll or some shit like that, you know what I'm saying? But, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I talked to some Japanese dudes. They say, man, I find black women attractive, but I'm so afraid to go talk to them. I say, dude, just go talk to them, bro. You never know what might happen, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I wasn't shamed. That's why my daughter's caramel colored, you know, and all that shit, you know. But anyway... <laughs> All right, so um, we got we got some uh, we got some questions to ask you, ladies. Well, uh, questions from our our followers, listeners. Uh, got about three or four questions, and you can you both can answer them in your own way. Let's see. So, um, first question is from Miss Lee Uehara, and she wanted to know. Actually, we already answered that one. <laughs> Do you get hit on by Japanese men? So, yeah, we, we answered you, Lee. I uh, hope you're listening. Well, they answered you. Uh, moving on to the next one, Teresa. She wants to know, how does living in Japan compare to living in the U.S.? And would they ever reside back in the U.S.? <laughs> I'll go first. Yeah. Um, living in Japan is amazing. I think that there is, 
with all the bureaucracy, there's actually a really, there's a great deal of comfort and it's very easy to live here. Um, it's easy to pay your bills. It's easy to, to get from A to B. Um, you can save a lot of money in a lot of really crafty ways. Like really, you know, it's, it's, it's a very uh, convenient country to live in. And once you leave this country and you go to another country that's inconvenient, everything, the world comes crashing down on you. You're like, oh my God, why are there no taxis? Where is the subway? Yeah, why where, where are the 7 Eleven? Why is the... the bus late? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know, so I love that bureaucratic, bureaucratic side of Japan because there is a level of efficiency which is keeping punctuality. Yeah, exactly. Things are punctual. Yeah. You don't, you know, like. These sorts of things I really appreciate. Um, and culturally as well, even though, you know, no culture is perfect. And, yeah, we talk crap about some some of the things that we have to deal with in Japan. But I wouldn't live in any other country at the moment. I really quite love it here. It's so, it's... Uh, convenient. It is. It's just so convenient. And I can live my dreams the way that I want to. They can actually manifest so much more easily here than what I have had to deal with in the States. And I don't really plan on going back to the States mm. simply because, um, not to live, to visit, obviously, but uh, I don't plan on living in the States because I've just, for the most part, have lost interest in the whole thing. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just, it's a chaotic mess that I just don't really want to deal with. And I, the only reason that I go back is just to see family and to, you know, eat some good food with family. And that's really what it is for me. Like, I just, I can't deal with can't it. Deal. It makes me a very angry person when I go back to the States. I'm like, anyway. <laughs> well, they do have yoga studios every you know, we're in the state, so you'll be okay. No, <laughs> I'm just talking shit. <laughs> All right, uh, next question. Oh, yes, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yes. Ms. Um, Janique. So ahead. pretty much I would say, like, there are advantages and disadvantages to both. Absolutely. Um, going off of what Shalise said, living in Japan is very convenient. You know, the transportation system and, you know, like she said, being able to um, pursue your dreams kind of like just wholeheartedly. Um, I feel like in America, when you want to be a singer or you want to be in entertainment, there's so much competition because everybody, yes. everybody wants to do the same thing, right? That's a good point. And um, part of me wants to move to L.A. because of what I said earlier, like feeling like I'm... There's like a glass ceiling here as it as an artist, as a foreigner, you know, you're kind of hindered a little bit because of the fact that you are a foreigner and you you're you're not Japanese. You're not singing in Japanese, you know, so you're not really going to be able to appeal 100 percent to Japanese audiences. Um, however, <laughs> you know, in America, it's like hit or miss. You know, there's a there's just a 50 50 chance either you either you make it or you or you won't period and uh, not to mention everything that's going on in America right now Trump and just all this all this mess you know black people being hunted down like dogs in the street you know like I just I, I don't know I can't take it now and oh, oh I'm sorry, sorry. No. Um, I think about like where I'd want to raise my kids and I have fears about both it's like here my kids are going to be black you know regardless and they're always going to be looked at as a foreigner and it's like you know do I want to put my kid through that? However, you know, everything else into consideration. Japan is still a pretty safe place. And, um, you know, I think that 
I wouldn't have to worry too much about anything happening to my child in that way. However, in America, that's home. And I think that, you know, they're not going to be necessarily looked at as a foreigner, but they will be looked at as a threat, you know. So that's pretty much. Now, how, now how, how easier does the Internet and, like, you know, streaming your music and putting your music out in cyberspace, how, how, does, how easy is that for an artist? Or, like, would you still think you need to go to the States to really do, to, like, uh, I guess, blow up or something like that? Or Honestly, I... Now, I, I get, like, performing in person, uh-huh. like, you know, doing shows. Yeah, but you can always just travel for that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Honestly, like, the more that I do it and get into it, I feel like, no, not you don't really have to be there. Um, and so that's kind of why I'm touring. Like, I, I, that's why you didn't really hear me say, like, yeah, I'm definitely going to go back to the States. I, I want to, and that's kind of my plan. But at the same time, I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Like, would I do it permanently? Uh, because, like, you can, you know, basically put all of your music on a streaming service through, like, one one service, whether that's TuneCore or... Um, uh, What's the other one? DistroKid, CD Baby, whatever. You can yes. you can put them all out there for, for the whole entire world to have access to. And, of course, you know, with social media, you can just promote yourself that way and build up your fan base. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> you made a really good point that I'd like to, like, expand on. And it's, like, the only reason that I have started to gain some momentum is because of using purely platforms and then performing at these random places in Japan and really appealing to the foreign culture that's here. You got people visiting from all over the place. They right. are coming to these places. That's a good point. And yeah. then they take your music and they say, hey, come and listen to this. I like this. And then that's how it's been spreading. Absolutely. So really, you can live wherever you want now mm-hmm. and do what it is that you want to do. Um, and you can do that wholeheartedly and fully because like in Japan, because you have that comfort, like that convenience and everything, all that's taken care of. That base stuff is taken care of. So you can focus on, you know, you can focus on music or art or whatever it is that you're doing because you have that convenience there. And um, personally, like, I feel like if things really blow up, I'm definitely, I wouldn't mind moving to a different location, which would be, for me, London most likely. I would go to the UK because I love their music scene over there. It's so raw and just on point, and they've mm. always put out some really good music. So I, sometimes I think about moving to London because I'm a big house fan. So oh, okay. house music is huge yeah. in Europe, but, but yeah, especially London. So yeah. I mean, if I move to Europe, I just want to move there because they got a lot of nice nude beaches and everything. Because I don't like wearing <laughs> I don't like wearing shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe in no restrictions. But anyway, yeah. All right, next question. So, uh, <laughs> Nadia wants to know, do you ladies speak Japanese? Or how much Japanese do you speak? Yeah, I can go first. <laughs> um, I speak Japanese. Konnichiwa. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. No, I've been here for seven years, and I came here to study Japanese initially, so I actually... Uh, worked really hard to learn it initially. Now I'm very lazy about it, so my <laughs> Japanese is hit and miss. So if you, but you catch can get, me, you can get by, I can get by pretty well. Like go to the immigration office. Like my level of English is like I can speak to the people at immigration or at the municipal, whatever mm-hmm. place. And uh, most places I'm actually I'm pretty fine. But if you're talking about a deep conversation about anything then yeah, I probably you'll lose me a little yeah. bit cuz it's a vocabulary issue, it's not a exactly. it's not a grammar issue, I guess. Is the point. 
Same same for me. I do think yours is better than mine, though, because I remember, no, I remember, like, uh, back when we were in the group, like, I remember your Japanese was really good, and mine probably hasn't changed much since, well, no, I, I think I definitely have improved since then, but, um, yeah, same, like, if, if I'm speaking in, like, a really deep conversation or something, I'm going to be like, huh? Like, <laughs> or I might just be like, mm, mm, Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then they're, they're going to ask me a question, and I'm going to be like, mm. But like, and it's not even a yes or no question. Like, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I can like pay my bills and go to the convenience store. I think that happens stuff. with all people. Like when they speak second languages and they're not as good as their first. Yeah. You're getting that. Mm, mm, mm. They're like, do you want mayonnaise or or, or mustard? You're and like, you're mm, like, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nadia had another question. She wants to know how is the accessibility to hair care products Woo, salons Lord, and Jesus. yeah can we say that together is non-existent well because i do have access to the base like thank god oh my god thank god i don't know what i would do if, if i didn't um my my situation is a little bit different but i know for like women who don't like i don't know i don't know what y'all do i have no idea like what do you do what do you well, do after that what i end up doing is like whenever a friend goes off to america i'm like i need these particular products i need these exact items and i send pictures and i give them money and they bring it into the country for me <laughs> literally is what i have to do i've actually learned how to do my hair so well because i've lived in this country because no one can do it i don't trust right. anybody yeah. somebody's going to do something weird and just screw it all up and then i'm just i can't i can't have it so and then it's really expensive if you do want to get something done like i wanted to get color in my hair but it's gonna cost me two hundred dollars to do because I, I, I was like i wanted to get a little like i wanted to get a little a light brown like streak type stuff in there or maybe red or got, i don't know i'm got, just got tired a beautiful of fro going the on though that's good. dope Thank you. well it was just there's a girl named china i think that's oh, what china. her name china yeah well, for a perm, but it's like a perm and some other stuff. So I have to ask her again to find oh, no, out. I mean, like for the color. For the for color. The color uh, I'm not sure. It was just I know that all of it was expensive to oh, me okay. when I heard all of the details. So I was like, going back to you, ladies' music, right? Um, how would you like your audience to be? Let's say, what inspiration would you like your audience to gain from your music? Like, for example, when I was listening to. When I was listening to the Black Girl, what what was the name of that? I got a bad memory, man. Black Girl Magic. Black Girl Magic. <laughs> I, I, I bullshit you. I saw. I, I was watching Doctor Phil, right? Okay. And they got this sister, just as dark as we are, and she, her mama's black. I know and her exactly what you're gonna black, say. Black, and she <laughs> swears up and down she's a white person. And that reminded me of that Dave, and I ain't making no fun of the sister because I think it's a mental health thing. You guys ever watch Dave Chappelle? Yes. It reminded me of that skit when he was wearing the hood. And they, and they asked the white lady, that the white lady said, "How? why does he think he's white? And she said, well, he's blind and we didn't want, he was the only black child there. So we didn't want him to feel out of place with the other children. So we just told him he was white. And so, but going back to this, I saw that and I was like, and the way she demeaned, you know, you, you guys saw it, right? The yeah, way she, she was, was demeaning black people and she's down with the KKK and this, that, and the other. And as soon as I heard your song, I was like, she is a poster child for, because I think it's more than anything. I think she hates herself. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. self-hate. I mean, yeah. it, 
it really comes down to self-hate, and I think you have to feel comfortable in your own skin if you're ever to blossom into anything beautiful, you know? And it's like, um, I'm, like I've always been thought of as being mixed race, even though I'm not, but anywhere, for some reason, people think that, because my mom is extremely fair-skinned. She's, like, fair-skinned with blonde hair, and it's, like, a lot of people thought that... Um, that I was mixed race. I even thought I was mixed race when I was really young because I just didn't see the difference. <laughs> I was like, you're white, right? You're a white lady, right? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm black. I'm like, I'm really confused. <laughs> so, but That's um, just that flexibility of that black DNA, y'all. Exactly. You Coming should see. Become in so many different shades. But to answer your question, though, like, that is definitely like, part of the inspiration for why I made this song like so many people were like you need to make this into a real song when I did it as a challenge you know specifically because so many people need to be uplifted and encouraged you know black women like you know the beauty industry is constantly telling us that we're ugly our hair is not pretty enough you know and and that we're nothing so that's you know that's definitely was my goal to give us you know that inspiration and let us know that we are magic well sister treasure if you are listening, you need to listen to that song. Because you, girl, girl, we are some beautiful people. Exactly, exactly. You just be yourself. You be your most authentic self. That's what my name actually means. Aphrodite is Afro, because I have an Afro. D-Y-T-Y, so that's do you, true you. And it means that you have to be your most... You have to be yourself, and that's the most beautiful thing that you can be. That's where all the beauty comes out, is being yourself. So I'm not pretending to be anybody. I get along with everybody. I do what the hell I want all the time, and I love being me so much. So I just I don't like it when people try to put me in some kind of box because it's really frustrating because like I don't ever fit in the box. Right. <laughs> and that's even like what I say in the song, you know, like, I'm going to be unapologetically me like and everybody should do that. like as black women or just as anybody in the world. Like, I don't even want this song to necessarily focus solely on just black women. Like if you feel the inspiration from it and you're a white person, you're a Japanese person, you're Hispanic, you know, whatever. Like I want you to take that message from it too. be unapologetically yourself, love yourself and and embrace that. Embrace who you are. We definitely appreciated you two ladies coming out. We definitely uh enjoyed you uh what's in the future what's what's coming up yeah just talk about that uh, i am going to be releasing an album which is going to be called t-i-o-t-b and that stands for this is only the beginning um i'm not sure on the exact release date yet but my goal is before the end of this year is over so um yeah black girl magic is the first single from that yeah okay okay Aphrodite? I'm uh, still trying to figure out what my sound is, but right now I feel like I'm getting closer to it. So I've started with, there's a song that I'm working on that I'll be singing this evening called American Steel. Um, I'll record it and post it on my Facebook page for other people to see. It's on my Facebook page as well as like a little snippet. Um, but it's going in a kind of different direction where it's this kind of a country soul bluesy kind of feel it's like somewhere it's like that country southern roots with banjos and shit and i love banjos i know it's really weird but i love banjos and like fiddles and all that country ass shit but at the same time 
like bringing that soul, like that Erica Badu kind of feel so to you that your, sound. So you getting so, your Tracy Chapman on? Yeah. Oh, that's so my girl. it's like yeah. I'm really I'm going in a different direction, and I really it feels right to me. So I think uh, hopefully if I can get some people together, it'll. But you know, I just you know just, you know to me, this you know just the statement you just made should be inspiring because we you know we as black people should be you know she we should be happy to embrace all forms of music because we're a part of it i was raised on country music there's nothing wrong with it and it's the beauty of of just mixing all that together with you know you ladies creativity and you know it's just it's just gonna be an awesome world yeah and and hey y'all sound good thank you (laughs) all right um Throughout your, your your social media handles and all that, you know, hey, where people, okay. where can they find you? Um, so pretty much all of my handles are at Janique Nicole. Um, but on Instagram and Twitter, it's without the apostrophe. But on like Facebook, it's uh, with the apostrophe. Also, like, uh, please subscribe to my new YouTube channel, which is in the bio of my Instagram page. So, yeah, definitely make sure you click that. Subscribe. Thank you. Cute. Uh, I am terrible at social media. <laughs> I have two platforms, Facebook <laughs> and Instagram. So for Facebook, it's just uh, you type in Facebook and type in Aphrodite, A-F-R-O-D-Y-T-Y. And um, if you're on Instagram, it's hashtag Aphrodite88. Dope. Also, I'm going to put this out to the universe because I am one of the universe-like guys. I will see you ladies soon. In the near future, on the red carpet. Guaranteed. I hope so. Yay! <laughs> Can't wait. Right. And yeah, I mean, and I got I got to come to some shows. You know, I've I've missed a lot of shows. I mean, you know, I'm outside of Tokyo, so I can't always make it. But um, definitely want to see you girls perform live. And uh, once again, thank you. Keep going. That black girl magic, alien. Keep it going. Love, peace. And a lot of fucking chicken grease. Love y'all. I thought he was going to say hair grease. He said chicken grease. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. Because we're going to Soul Food House today. I'm about to fucking soul kill food. it. Soul Food. Shut up. Waffles. Babel. Oh, Are you coming? I, did, I didn't plan on it. I didn't. Well, you I should didn't come know. through. You should come through. Shout <laughs> out to David Whitaker exactly. and Tanya. Soul Food I House. Soul Food House. I haven't, I haven't been in a, in a minute. Well, and Shad as well. He's the one throwing the event. All right. Uh, that's it. From Tokyo, World Urban Mobile Podcast. Thank you, Aphrodite. Thank you, Janique Nicole. We out. Baby.